Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The, the defeat of Donald Trump in last year's U.S. election did not herald the end of populism, and he did receive 75 million-plus votes, which was more votes than he won, I believe, in 2016. You point to Europe, and particularly recent elections in Germany and the Netherlands, as examples that populist parties on the far right are doing reasonably well. Could you fill that out a little bit for us? Yeah, you take a look at where populist parties on the right exist, and you find that they're doing uh, pretty well. You know, today in Germany's national election, the AfD will get around 10%, 11% of the vote, and another populist party should get about 4% of the vote and not enter parliament. And that's the trend that you see around the world, and of course you saw it in Canada with the PPC getting nearly 5% of the vote on Monday. Right. Now, you write in Italy that there are two right-wing populist parties that combined for 41% of the national vote, and in Italy, the center-right is almost exclusively populist. Does that herald a national shift in sentiment for voters? The Italian establishment has been completely rejected by the uh, Italian people, that if you add in a third populist party, a five-star movement, nearly 60% of Italians have embraced some form of anti-establishment populism from the center to the right. Yeah, this is a uh, something that Brussels is going to have to deal with within the next two years because there's simply no way that the Italian establishment will win the next election. How do you define? How do you define populism? You know, populism to me is a political movement that argues that an elite has unjustly taken control of a country and deprived people unjustly of their share. And so that's something that can be used by the left or the right, depending on who they argue is the elite and what they argue the means they've used to unjustly deprive someone are, which is why you can say that Bernie Sanders is a populist because he describes capitalist uh, share owners as the elite. At the same time, well, Donald Trump is a populist, too, because he identifies bureaucrats and academics as the elite. And you point to Britain's Boris Johnson, a practitioner of populist politics, and you're right, he's gaining votes in previously strong left-leaning constituencies. What's going on there? Yeah, yeah what's going on there is that blue-collar or you know, college, non-college whites in Britain have been moving away from the Labour Party for about 20 years. And with Boris Johnson, and to a lesser extent, Theresa May, you had somebody who finally understood that those people were open to voting for the right as long as they were given what they believed they were due, which is protection. They want protection from the large downsides of economic activity, and they want protection from unfair competition from migrants. And that's what Brexit was all about, and that has given the Conservative Party a majority in 2019, and it is continuing to be a bedrock of their support in polls ever since. Well, I watched uh, with great interest the British election, uh, and I watched BBC in 2019, and they were just becoming more and more and more shocked, the observers and the analysts were, 
over the labor intensive labor party intensive vote that had normally been present in the midlands and in the north of england shifting to the conservatives and boris johnson and they were they had great difficulty explaining to one another why this was going on but you're pointing out that's just that's just the way of the world in england it's well it's not just in england it's pretty much everywhere yeah. i was in london on election night and I made my predictions on Twitter, and they weren't that far off from what actually happened. You've been very good at that. (laughs) Thank you. You The thing is that it was hiding in plain view, is that the data were showing it for months, and common sense and understanding who these people were, what they valued, where the modern labor party was, uh, it should not have been a surprise to BBC commentators on election night, but evidently it was. So, Mr. Olson, I, when I was reading your uh, your column, your op-ed, Europe is proof right-wing populism is here to stay, Austria just stood up uh, to me, stood out to me. An anti-immigrant party sits, you write, comfortably atop the polls. Austria, again? Well, you know, it was that what, what happened in Austria was the traditional center-right party a few years ago, the Austrian People's Party, was in freefall. It had fallen to third place, and the hardcore populist Freedom Party was in first place. And so what the center-right party did was ditch its leadership, put in a 31-year-old person who was known for being suspicious of Muslim immigrants, Sebastian Kurz, as their leader, and uh, overnight they became the first party, and they've won every election since and continue to lead the polls because they know the people of Austria that Sebastian Kurz will respect markets and respect the national identity of Austria and protect Austrians from their competition from migrants. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.